All right, so I uh, just recently took 130 children to a gay pride parade. That's a Ooh. lot of children that were in a closet. You should have let them out sooner. <laughs> so we, we were taking this trip to... Um, oh, where, where the fuck all were we going? Essentially, we were going to this nice little nature park and then when we were done with the nature park it was a it was a um what's the term for a place with like a bunch of birds uh like an audubon an aviary aviary audubon whatever the fuck it is um a place with a bunch of birds and then when we were done with there we went to uptown columbus downtown columbus and it just so happens that it because we were going to this like one fountain area, this public fountain where kids go and play, and there's like water that comes out of the ground, and they have a good time and everything. Mm. And that just happened to be the day that there was a gay pride parade, Ooh. and so they were passing a bunch of fucking weirdos and <laughs> and asking a lot of questions. Oh boy, it was pretty great. And then we ran into um this uh really bizarre, and I I can't stress enough how bizarre it was. This bizarre Muslim summer camp that turned out to be super, super racist. Okay. Yeah. And so um, we had a, a number of um, Muslim students who, who came from Somalia and everything at our summer camp. And our summer camp is just like everyone. And they, they were apparently calling them like some racial epithet in their own language essentially calling them white donkeys, which I guess is, like, their term for Oreos. Oh, shit. You know how you, like, call someone a black guy an Oreo like you're acting like a white person? Uh-huh. And so yeah. we had to, like, go over and tell these people, like, hey, can you knock off having your students be super fucking racist? <laughs> and then at the same time, we're contending with a bunch of, like, weirdo... <laughs> weirdo um gay guys in uh banana hammocks and stuff at this water park <laughs> and these kids are all kinds of tripping out dude this is the biggest adventure of their lives it it kind of was wow and we're like we're passing this gay pride parade and so we're like passing pina colada stands and like bring your beer tickets here for beer stands and everything and just people <laughs> walking around with open containers of alcohol. That sounds like quite the outing. I am kind of jealous. That, that, was, uh, was some po- that was some poor planning. <laughs> well, what's done is done. These kids have a much broader worldview now. For better or worse. For better or worse. <laughs> Welcome to Undercooked Analysis. Uh, I think that's about as phenomenal a way to start this as possible um i'm david that was dead palette who takes children to pride parades and makes and defends them from racist epithets 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 and uh, uh alan can we can we get uh the word racial epithets said as leon phelps <laughs> uh sure um <clears throat> <laughs> yes, my expert Leon Phelps impression. Someone <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uttering some uh, racial epithets. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> 
<laughs> and that was Alan. I, I got my I got my ginger ale right here. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had my ginger ale. I don't. I, I actually do have ginger ale. Oh, Mormon, good. Mormon Leon Phelps. Well, yeah. <laughs> what I do have uh, instead is uh, is a bottle of poison as presented by our patrons, and today we're going to be as in- always. As always, this has been warmed by the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to be... The, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, David. No, the good right. news is there, there were a bunch of uh, kids. The, the, a lot of them, uh, the younger ones, had no idea what was going on. But like walking around, overhearing some of the older ones, they were like, hey, I, you know, I'm not gay, but that's cool if other people are. I don't care, man. Like, and it's like, oh, good. Yes. Yes. Yes, kids. <laughs> and it was just like all of them wanting to know how letting each other know how okay they are with gayness. That's good. I like that there was it was the opposite. I like that it's could you imagine a few years ago in a schoolyard people would be like, No, I'm not gay and this is lame now it's like, nah man. I'm not I've been to, cool uh, I've are. been I've been to a couple pride parades and uh Speaking as a bisexual. Oh, hey, everyone listening, I'm bisexual. Whoa! Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really the first time I've like openly come out on anything. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, Alan. He's coming out of the closet. I just set that fucker on fire. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you, Ignis Pergamentum doesn't leave any uh, anything but ash in his wake. Um, anyway. you, just pr- you just primetime player that really hard. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been to a couple pride parades, and uh, like at first it wasn't my scene, and then I discovered I'm the kind of guy who, you know, really, really, really likes belting out the lyrics to Chains of Love by Erasure in public. So there you go. That's phenomenal. Um, and you know, sex with dudes. <laughs> and sex with women. And that, too. How, how do you feel about uh, something in between, though? Uh, I'm, it's, I'm pretty all right with it. Good, I'm pretty all right with it. Because, as mentioned, I'm not going to come out of the closet here. I'm a raging heterosexual who just loves cock. <laughs> I am the most straight-laced, I feel like, heterosexual of anyone in here. Because I I see cock and I just go, eh. Uh, we'll see what a few beers and a back massage says about that. <laughs> well, maybe I'm Alan sexual and I just don't know it. We'll find out. Anyway, um, we took well, you, uh, Speaking of taking you're go- kids... You're going to be, you're gonna be gay for our Bay weekend. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll see about you'll that. Be, you'll be gay for the stay. That's for damn sure. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went. I actually went to my first Pride Parade uh, not long ago with Kayla and the dog, and that was fun because the dog was very popular. And she doesn't normally doesn't like hanging around people. Uh, by the end of it, she was just trying to wa- walk into like all the different like uh, booths and and uh, easy ups and be like, maybe these people will be my friends. Maybe these people will be my friends. Everyone just seems so happy here. And we're like, this is well, this is normally. And we had to drag her back to the car. Normally, she can't wait to run back to the car. Well, I'm I'm glad she came out of the closet. Yep, our dog is uh, actually a cat. She identifies as a cat. 
<laughs> well, your cat, your dog is certainly a pussy hound. <laughs> so, uh, what are we reading? <laughs> well, we are, uh, like I said, the poison we are going to imbibe tonight was actually presented by our good friend, and uh, he has been on the show before, uh, Prasicor. Um, Prasicor has sent us this story saying, hey guys, if you could read and critique this story, I'd really appreciate it. It's a first draft, so do what you do with it what you will. As always, thanks for uh, thanks for all the fantastic content. Well, uh, thank you for being the second person so far to send us their own story on Patrons Poison. I know other people have sent us their stories and in the past, and uh, we may get to those at some point. Especially, there's one in particular we've had our eye on. I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, uh, this one though jumped out to us, and it's called "The Long Game." Uh, we will read this, and we will try to not hold it against Prasicor that he's a filthy fucking featherist. Yeah. As we all know, uh, dinosaurs were robots. <laughs> the few dinosaurs that weren't robots, but the very stance. least... Come on, the, ver- the few dinosaurs that weren't robots, were at the, at the very least, were androids. At the very least, were androids. It all we- began... All, all, all of those fossils are, are planted by the devil to, dis- to mislead us from the fact that the dinosaurs were, in fact, robots. <laughs> and lived yeah. 20, 20 gigamillion years ago. <laughs> 20 all mil- gigagaga gigo million years ago. All kinds of confused messaging. <laughs> that's, that, that's what that. I imagine. That's what I imagine a, a Mormon uh, uh, a Mormon creationist museum is like. They're all robo dinosaurs. It's okay though, because uh, all all dinosaurs eventually evolved into turkey vultures. It all began several years ago. ExxonMobil had been conducting a drilling operation for several months in the city of Campeche, in Mexico. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Camp- Probably not. Campeche. Sure. Nobody, I, either, one of those, I, I said it correct one of those ways. Nobody remember. Keep, keep reading, gringo. <laughs> Nobody remembers if they found what they were looking for, because the operation was very quickly overshadowed by what was discovered just a few days after the operation finished. At first, there was only three. Hell, they might have gone completely unnoticed if not for the environmental survey that was conducted after the drilling was completed. But while the crew was searching for any signs of ecological degradation, they found something else entirely. Okay. So we're acknowledging the fact that the remains of dinosaurs have ended up being oil. Could it be that that's what dinosaurs ran off of because they were robots? Oh. You could say that oil is actually dino DNA. (laughs) Bingo. Dinosaurs. (laughs) I love I love that we there's been no mention of dinosaurs and yet we are <laughs> foregoing the conclusion that there are dinosaurs in this because it's Brassicor. Yes. The initial report listed them as unidentified flowers. To this day, a lot of people call them plants, but either plants nor but neither plants nor flowers adequately describe them. Truth be told, there is no word in the English language that can capture just what they are exactly. They share varying characteristics with plants, animals, fungi, fungus, um, and slime mold. Scientists, when scientists attempted to conduct genetic testing to find out where they fit in in the tree of life, they made a peculiar discovery. Hmm. 
the plants aren't made of DNA at all. Instead, they have a sort of DNA and analog, which is similar, which is a similar structure and function, but made of different chemical compounds. Instead of four bases, their genetic structure has eight. This is what led to the first suggestion that the plants might be extraterrestrial in origin, an idea that was bolstered by the fact that Campeche, I'm going to say it like that, is located in the, oh God, Chicxulub, uh, Chicxulub crater left behind when a meteor struck the Earth 66 million years ago. Others believe that they are a kind of anachronistic throwback from billions of years ago, having evolved independently of the rest of life on Earth. <clears throat> hey, uh, David, I'm still here. <laughs> Just so you know. Because I was totally Alan's turn to read, David. Well, Alan gets an... I'm... I'm gonna go kill myself. You can take over. <laughs> an idea bolstered by the fact that Camp Peach is located at the Chick X Club crater. <laughs> Alan, I'm going to give you the next two paragraphs in penance. In penance. That's, that's, it's, it's whatever, dude. No, no, I've got my, I've got my whip. I've got my whip. I've got to take several whippings in you the got, back, you know. You've got, you've got your spine. For my sins. You got your orange. Brush. Ow. Ow. But wherever. Ow. Well, well, now I'm aroused. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's practice for the for when you guys get here. All right. Uh, go Weird. Go ahead, Alan. Go ahead. <laughs> Shit got weird. <laughs> are you are you guys there? Because I hope you didn't cut out. Because there's a lot of rain outside, and there is every potential that the internet is fucked. Uh, uh, we still we still hear you. Yeah, we still hear you. Can you I hear would... us? I can hear. I can hear you now. Oh, <clears> I wish <throat> I wish it would rain here. Send it over here. It's stupid hot here. No, it's, super hot. it's it's pretty hot here too, but it's also raining, so now it's just humid. Ew. <laughs> Wherever they ultimately come from, there's no denying just how strange they are. People call them plants because, like plants, they are sessile. Oh, fuck you, Prasicor. <laughs> We're gonna sound so dumb. <laughs> Send up shoots toward the sky and anchor themselves to the ground with roots. But that's where the similarities end. The base of the plants, what's called the body is a large, mostly amorphous blob. The surface is uncomfortably human, both in appearance and texture. The color could best be described as somewhere between tan and peach, and it's even covered in structures that superficially resemble freckles and hairs. In reality, these are sensory organs. The freckles are bundles of photoreceptive cells that function like eyes, and the hairs are chemoreceptors, just like the hairs in our noses. Hmm. Yeah, Oh, look at Prancicor using these big words that are above Alan's pay grade, like the base of the plant, what's called the body. <laughs> what do we think so far, though, of these weird plant things? Uh, God damn it, I don't want to suck them off, but it's feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. 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 Um, it's feeling solid. It's really not jumping the gun. It's just kind of a nature documentary kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a nice easy read, you know. Yep. So far, we there there hasn't really been any hiccups. It's arranged pretty nice, and uh, coming off I don't I don't think we really talked about it, but coming off of LSD Dream Emulator Creepypasta, the the second one we read, uh, it wasn't structured so great. 
Yeah. Um, no, like, not at all. But there were so many other things to talk about that we kind of, like, glan- like skipped <clears throat> over that. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, is it as Alan a, or me? A, it, it's you. But, but Alan, what were you going to say? Nothing. <laughs> as a defense mechanism, the plants employ a fern-like structure composed of long, protruding stems, uh, stem covering, covered in barbed hairs. When threatened, the hairs erupt. Bukake blaster. Uh, then erupt from the stem in the direction of the attacker. Once embedded into the skin, the bar prevents the hair hairs from being easily dislodged. If you ever get showered in plant hairs, don't try pulling them out. The barbed edges will just uh, saw through your skin. Thankfully, thankfully for us, the plants were very reluctant to use this line of defense on humans, at least initially. They only ever attacked if certain pressure points on their bodies were touched. Do not touch. Uh, Alan, you can have this one. <clears throat> okay. The, the plants, plants neither... <sighs> I'm just being a dick. I'm <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> touching that uh, pressure point on his body. <laughs> He's going to shoot barbed hairs at you. Look out. The plants have neither an exoskeleton nor an endoskeleton. They pos- instead, they possess a series of stiffening fibers embedded in the skin, which researchers have dubbed the mesos- mes- mesoskeleton. Mesoskeleton. That's the, the pronunciation. Me- they dub it the, the skeleton of miso soup. On the outside of their skin, the plants have three inflatable lungs that resemble sickly colored balloons that inflate and deflate at a consistent rhythm. When fully inflated, they look like gigantic piss-colored tumors about to burst into a rain of pus. Ew. They pump the body full of air, and instead of absorbing oxygen and producing water and carbon dioxide as waste products, the plants absorb nitrogen and produce hydrogen cyanide. This waste is expelled through the roots in the soil on which they grow. Instead of red blood, the nitrogen is carried throughout the plant in the form of clear hemolymph, similar to that of arthropods. Two hearts pump the hemolymph through the plant each pumping at alternating times, keeping the blood flow constant. All the plant's tissues, organs, and systems are connected by a tangled web of mycelium-like cells that all link back to an elongated tube-like structure that early studies believe was a primitive brain. Um, So so mention of the mesoskeleton got me thinking about mesothelioma, and uh, looking into mesothelioma, mesothelioma is a type of cancer that develops on the thin layer of tissue that covers... Many layers of internal organs known as the mesothelium. So uh, I'm assuming that that's where this is coming from. Like the internal organs of this thing are covered in a skeleton like structure. Mm-hmm. So almost like a vampire from Blade. <laughs> like the, the, the super gross vampires from Blade where their like internal organs are hard and shit. Yeah. Are we, are we, we, we talking? We talking Blade Two right now? We're talking Blade Two right now. Oh, good. Has everyone heard all the the stories about Blade Three? What about it? About the fact that like Wesley Snipes went like fucking crazy on set and ma- made the entire cast and crew refer to him only as Blade. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Sounds like you know it does sound like um, something he would do though. From from what I remember correctly, uh, he rarely came out of his trailer. 
which smelled more like pot than anything on the face of the earth. <laughs> and uh, made everyone call him Blade, and at one point uh, grabbed the director by his neck <laughs> and tried to choke him. What? But it's a great movie because it has Triple H in it. Yes. <laughs> as a vampire. And, as, Ryan, as... and Ryan Reynolds' first appearance in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. I, I really hope that they, like just have blade show up at some point at like the end credits of one of those movies and just be like, just have Wesley Snipes show up and be like, just say, hi gang. Yep. That was all Canon. That's the first <laughs> movie in the Marvel cinematic universe. Yes. Yep. Uh, um, but no, have you, did you hear, did you hear the story about, uh, him wanting to do an MMA fight with Joe Rogan? No, I did hear about that. No. So apparently he was in bad financial situation and so he's just like, yeah, I'll I'll have a fight with somebody. And so uh, they got Joe Rogan, and they're just and Joe Rogan's training for it and everything. But then it turns out uh, that he he's not really serious about it. It's just the the uh, IRS really wanted to put him in jail for tax evasion. <laughs> um, on the story, since this is a lot of this is going over my head, I want to throw prasic or a bone here um the um the way that the the these mesoskeleton plant things are being described with all this detail about the anatomy it's giving me super super hard flashbacks to um at the mountains of madness and how they described the star-headed beings uh when they were at lakes camp uh we just got off of re- uh, recording the Darkly Lit episode about that not long ago, and that episode is out. I listened to it again and was reminded of how just how detailed uh, Lovecraft gets describing the creatures when people are able to do scientific study on them. So I kind of, while I fe- felt like some parts of that will bog a story down, I actually think it works here because it's consistently giving a sense of like how this thing is actually functions, and I think it's not too wordy. It does, it's... it's- it it's at that it. um, it, it feels like a high school reading level, you know. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's bogged down in a bunch of stuff that you have to go to college for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It it feels kind of uh like I just googled uh, mesothelioma to figure out exactly what it means with mesoskeleton. It it isn't hard to kind of put together what they mean by that. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the stuff like really doesn't take a whole lot of thought to figure out like hemolinths and and, and and these kinds of words you can figure out what those kinds of things mean it's it's not too complicated it's just wordy right you know yeah it's readable it's definitely readable i'm, I'm enjoying this so far um i, I kind of have problems with lovecraft getting too wordy well, I mean, it didn't bother me so much in that story, but the reason I'm not a huge Lovecraft fan in general, I appreciate the mythos. I'm not crazy about his writing style per se, because it just really drags on. And I think that that's why people like um, Reanimator so much, is because it's not bogged down in that shit, even and though he kind of he hated didn't that story. care. He, he, he fucking hated he had, that story, too. He, at the very, he, at the very least, didn't care for it. I, I think it's more, oh shit, this is the one that gets successful. <laughs> Yeah, I think that all, that's more the problem. <laughs> no one likes, no one's as crazy about sort of, me fanboying over Arctic expeditions, Antarctic expeditions. Like, come on, guys. Sort of, sort of how Radiohead hate. Uh, they don't like hate the song "Creep," but they're like, really, this is the song you guys like. 
<laughs> there, there, I can understand it. Uh, yeah. You're up, dead pallet. The plants are carnivorous. Of the two shoots that they send skyward, the tall, taller of the pair split into two branches connected by a net-like membrane of tissue, standing six feet tall at the highest point. This net can harvest prey, either passively or actively. Flying animals may inadvertently stumble into the net, or may, or else the plant may, or else the plant can scoop up any unfortunate animal who wanders too close. Either method ends the same, with the branch wrapping tightly around the prey, which is swallowed by the primary shoot of the body to be digested. So it's a Venus flytrap. Basically. Kind of it's a big Venus, Venus flytrap. We're talking six feet. That's pretty impressive. The other shoot, which is only about half as tall as the first one, ends in a pair of sac-like bladders and a long tube-like nozzle. For many years, this part of the plant was a great mystery. When the sacs were examined, they were found to contain a collection of haploid spheres, haploid spores. The simplest explanation was that this was involved in the plant's reproductive biology, but how exactly that worked was anyone's guess. The plants didn't seem to have any active form of reproduction. It's not as if they could go out and mate with each other and nothing would pollinate them. For many years, the leading theory was that there was a uh, relictual or vestigial apparatus in the form for a form of reproduction that the plants no longer use. Supporters of the extraterrestrial origin for the plants also contended that perhaps the plants had a symbiosis with some other organism on their homeworld, similar to the relationship between flowers and bees, but there was no life form on Earth that could function that, the same way. Okay. <clears> hmm. <throat> now, that's not to say that the plants couldn't, or can't, reproduce. In fact, it's very easy for them to do so. During the first round of dissections, it was discovered that the plants have remarkable regenerative property. Mm, wet in my lips. All right. It was discovered that the plants have remarkable regenerative properties. They can regenerate cells, tissues, and even entire organ systems in a matter of hours, depending on the damage. This is when we learned that the plants themselves aren't actually individual organisms, but rather colonial organisms. They are made of a series of microorganisms that communicate and work together to form a functioning whole, similar to siphonophores, like the Portuguese man-o'-war. And just like a Portuguese man-o'-war, if one piece should become separated from the whole, the microbes contain all the information they need to regenerate an exact duplicate from the dismembered fragment. If you cut a plant in half, within hours, you'll soon have two new plants with an identical genetic makeup. In fact... The colonial microbes that make up a plant are so efficient that it only takes one of them to germinate an entire plant. Oh, no. You know what I see this story as? What's that? Um, what was that uh, web thing that was uh, the... Uh, God. Uh, the It was like kind of dark media but it was like uh the uh the body that came in like pieces mm. i'm trying to remember because it sounds familiar i'm drawing a blank no i got nothing cool uh, 
Is it is it my turn to read? Um, I wait. Yeah, I believe I believe it is your turn. I believe all in all, in all, during the first few months, the plants were proving to be an exciting enigma. They made headlines the world over and were touted as the biological discovery of the century. In particular, the fact that they uh, produce hydrogen cyanide as a byproduct of respiration, especially when excited by uh, excited to many large industrial businesses, uh, was especially bah. But they produce hydrogen cyanide as a byproduct of their respiration was especially exciting to many large businesses that needed um, hydrogen cyanide in order to produce other chemicals or synthetic products. A single plant could produce gallon after gallon in just one day with no uh, detrimental effects to the environment. Soon, many major industry industrial factories had whole fields of plants dedicated to the production of hydrogen cyanide, which was collected from the runoff of the soil. Hmm. Again, this, this, uh, we, we, we brought up the Lovecraft comparison. I think the Lovecraft comparison is very apt here. Yeah. This is very Neo Lovecraft. Um, it was the modu- the modular body is the thing I was talking about earlier. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I, I I could see this if this was done in video form presented the same way that the modular body was. Be awesome. <clears throat> Meanwhile, an entire industry sprouted up around the care of plants for hobbyists, which with many products claiming to give your plant a healthier shine or stronger hearts or whatever. None of these did anything, of course, but that's never stopped snake oil peddlers before, nor the people that buy it. Meanwhile, Ness and his men speed toward Capone's hideout. <laughs> <laughs> Two years after their original discovery... By the way, yeah, people keeping these as houseplants is probably not going in terribly. <laughs> <clears throat> Two years after their original discovery, plants could be found in the millions all over the planet. They were in industrial farms, backyard gardens, botanical collections, arboretums, zoos, and anywhere else their novelty could be enjoyed or exploited. Meanwhile, Ness and his men speed toward Capone's hideout! (laughs) Meanwhile, any time a colonial microbe was separated from the colony, by the weather, by a person, by an animal, etc., a new plant would germinate in no time. (coughs) Excuse me. It was soon very common to find feral plants sprouting up in the wild all over the world. This would sometimes present a danger because their hazardous waste would sometimes run off into the supplies of drinking water. Oh. This is when we learned just how hard they are to kill. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, So I think this becomes the point in the story where we have to ask, what kind of horror is this? Because I don't think it's creepypasta. I don't think it's realist horror kind of thing. It's speculative sci-fi it's very, horror. Yes, yeah, speculative sounds right. Um, kind of. Because this well, is in our world. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I was gonna I was gonna say keyhole fiction, but it lays out too much information for us to be keyhole fiction. Right. 
not I don't know. You know what? It, it's it still might be keyhole fiction, just not in the same way that we're kind of used to it. Specifically because we're only describing this thing and its ramifications on the world. We're not talking about anything else, really. Uh-oh. So that that is still pretty myopic. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's so that's my it. justification. We've hit the point where it's turning when they say that that's when you learn how it's hard to kill. So now is when the horror part starts creeping in. We definitely got hints of it just by how um, how much this has been described to us and what its abilities are, you know? David, can I get you uh, editing in the sound of a uh, shotgun clacking? Yes. This is when we learn how hard they are to kill. <laughs> got it. When it soon became apparent that certain plants couldn't be allowed to grow in certain areas, local authorities soon discovered just how tenacious they are. One mayor in a small Alabama town apparently hadn't read anything about the plant's regenerative abilities and had the bright idea to try clearing them away with explosives. By the time the dust cleared, 800 plants grew where there were just six. More cognizant citizens resorted to other methods, such as trying to burn them. But the plants proved fireproof. When fire didn't work, others tried ice. But a full spray of liquid nitrogen didn't phase them. <clears throat> oh, great. They're invincible plants. It was snap back to the lab again. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> but he won't give up that easy. Oh, God. It was back to the lab for the researchers. <laughs> the plants proved resistant to everything scientists threw at them. They're literally just throwing stuff at it now. <laughs> you know what? That, that might be the best thing to do is just, like, <laughs> feed them a bunch of junk food. Just throw them a bunch of Doritos and it starts eating the Doritos and soon it's like, I can't take all these preservatives. I'm <laughs> just imagining like, just imagining a lab full of scientists just like all sitting <laughs> around this plant like, what else we got? Is that a bench? Yeah, throw the bench at it. <laughs> and, anything? No? All right, they, what else we got? They start... They start feeding it. Um, Feed it Mountain Dew KFC and Doritos. Double downs. <laughs> start feeding it Baconators. Oh God! The most fattening foods that could, you can think of, and then that actually is like what kills them. And the title of this story is the Long Game, so that maybe that's what does it in for yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Baconators. It's, it's... Baconators are my hangover food. <laughs> you, you feed them this food, and then they die of diabetes. Yes. Temperatures of near absolute oh, zero or as high as a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Ionizing radiation that would make the Incredible Hulk nauseous. Atmospheric pressures greater than the deepest ocean trenches. And even conditions simulating the vacuum of space were all tested. The plants withstood them all. They were like tardigrades on steroids. Environmental extremes couldn't touch them. We tried several conventional poisons as well, but no pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides made any impression. All that was left was love. It's got to smother them to death. Googling what uh, tardigrade is, uh, is also known as water bear, space bear, and moss piglets are water-dwelling, eight-legged, segmented micro-animals. Those are horrifying-looking. Yeah, they can, they can, yeah, they can survive in space. The water, well, water bears are cute. Oof, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. 
Water bears are awesome. Um, yeah, see, here's the thing, is we need uh, Prasikor on the story, because he's the only friend that we have that is scientifically literate enough to critique his own story. <laughs> uh, and we can't do that, so... <laughs> We're kind of we're kind of fucked here. Well, I I, I think it's I think it's yeah. better that the layman have a look at the layman. Fighter of the tech ah. man, champion of the ah. Uh, with all the plants as good as invincible, different <laughs> towns took different measures to deal with them. Some places found it helpful to better invest in water filtration and treatment to clean out the toxins. Others found it more found more sense to simply relocate problem plants to areas where they didn't pose a threat. Such solutions were cumbersome, but they worked. Years passed, and in time, the plants just became another part of life for everyone. Until July, June, until July, until Jaloon, Jaloon. <laughs> Until Jaloon. The 13th month of the year. On that day, at precisely 12.07 a.m., the Earth blanked out of existence. Jaloon 37. (laughs) Ah. The. Uh, the Earth, Earth blinked out for approximately 17 minutes. Every planet on Earth, and by then they numbered in the billions, pointed their tube-like nozzles upward and sprayed a cloud of haploid spores into the air. Given the bizarre nature of the phenomenon, there was a lot of initial curiosity, all of which was quickly overshadowed by what happened next. All of the world, all over the world, millions of people started reporting a strange, burning, itching rash. Where on the body varied by person, but they all reported the same symptoms, accompanied by a dark greenish-brown fungus growing on the affected areas. Oh, God, this involves parasiticness. That stuff always gives me the creeps. Many quickly saw the connection to the plants, but the full extent of what was happening would be clear until the Christmas. Day. It kind of reminds me of the white Christmas thing where <laughs> it happens all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, my Twitter's yeah, blowing up. Every, everyone's liking that that tweet that I so made. Is mine. The tweet. Oh, I'll, the where tweet is it? Uh, this is this isn't about Donald or Goofy or friendship. It's oh, about yeah. my vendetta against these little black people. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, we are. We are. It's great. We're going to hell. Uh, kingdom hell. Uh, hashtag KH appreciation. Ugh. Yep. Uh, Alan, it's your turn. Uh, <laughs> this is more of a sci-fi story. I should be reading this as a freaking reader. <laughs> oh my god. Just the fungus spread across. Wait, there's more of this. Shut we the fuck up! We need to get... Man, now we need to shut the fuck up, David. <laughs> 
The fungus spread across their bodies, creeping up their arms, down their legs, and over their faces. As it did, it ate. Within less than 24 hours, an entire person would be covered from head to toe in the slimy, mold-like substance. The fungus devoured all extraneous tissues. Fat, skin, hair, certain muscles. What started as a minor irritation ended in what the victims described as a million burning needles being pushed slowly through their bodies. By the day's end, death was a welcome relief. Fuck. But this was only the beginning. Biohazard. I I was about to say more Last of Us. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. But but when you click the start button and The Last of Us, it doesn't go The Last of Us. (laughs) (laughs) No, for some reason when I click it, it goes, Now, two (laughs) souls are fiercely... Yeah! (laughs) People... <laughs> Flying Dutchman! People died, but the fungus didn't. They're eating away any remaining signs of personality or individuality. <laughs> Souls and swords! After eating away any remaining signs of personality or individuality, the fungus penetrated the leftover parts of the brain, effectively hijacking the body and turning it into a mostly decomposed puppet. Oh, it's zombies! The nearly skeletonized marionettes shamble along, now serving the purpose of the fungus. I wish I could say that was the worst of it. The fungus, like its plant progenitor, was colonial. Only one microbe was was enough to germinate. This meant that all it took was one touch from an infected individual to spread the disease. Soon, doctors who were supposed to be aiding people became victims and carriers, contaminating entire hospitals in minutes. Yuck. So this just this escalated. Yeah, this escalated to, to fungal fungus. So, by Jaludi 12th, by Jaludi 12th, 2017, over 300 billion people were affected by this fungal <laughs> plague. It's a oh man, <laughs> what a terrible. What a horrible night this to have day occurs. in our of our Lord, Jaludi twelve twenty seventeen. <laughs> have any of you seen? Speaking of like microbes, have any of you seen those things that are used to clean your hands of chip dust while you're playing video games on a mouse and keyboard? Good God. <laughs> So you can eat chips while you're playing on a mouse and keyboard. It is the laziest fucking thing in the world. And I can't imagine it works well. Oh my god. Any any gamers out there? Any gamers (laughs) out there, guys? (laughs) It took Uh, a while to figure out. No, in a world where that exists, bring on zombies. (laughs) Yeah. It we took a while to figure out exactly what it happened. Not least of which because we needed to safeguard against contamination. Fortunately, gas masks seemed effective against the airborne fungal spores, which only began spreading when in contact with organic material. Whenever outdoors, people had to start wearing sealed clothing. Millions of dollars were poured into research and development of industrial-sized air filtration systems to keep entire towns and cities clear. 
And while the world did its best to defend itself, the scientists went back to the lab for the last time. We truly were the last of us. It's so easy to overlook things that you aren't searching for. I like to think this is why we miss so much. The fungal spores are indeed part of the plant's reproductive biology. Remember, there were only three plants at first. All the rest that follow were genetic clones of these first three individuals. But this was only a secondary method of reproduction. The fungal spores were part of their primary method. The process seems to be, so far as we can tell, that the plants spray another life form with the spores, which consume the host and turn them into a walking brain-dead husk. This shambling fungal zombie then finds another plant with different genetic makeup to be sprayed again. The two sets of haploid spores then recombine to form uh, diploid organisms that are then able to grow into a new genetically distinct plant. The bones, the, the bones then collapse to the ground as the new plant grows from the rem their remains. Along the way, anyone or anything they touch becomes another carrier this for the same purpose. This raises obvious questions. Hmm. Why did it take so long? Why? It, it was five years before they sprayed, first sprayed. If this was an essential part of their primary mode of sexual reproduction, why did it take so long for them to begin? More to the point, why and how did they all do it simultaneously? Nobody knows for sure, but there are some theories out there. Some game theories. Remember that long tube-like organ inside the body? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Can you, can you please, Leon Phelps, this for me? Remember that long tube-like organ inside the body? One that was originally interpreted as a primitive brain? Well, they were half right. It was a brain, but it was anything but primitive. <laughs> the network of mycelium like microbes running through that. <laughs> the network of mycelium like microbes running through the body's interior work exactly like neurons. And the brain they all connect to has over 20 trillion neural connections. That's 200 times more processing power than the human brain. We didn't think much of this organ initially because the plant sets our life <laughs> because of the plant sets our lifestyle. <laughs> we never figured there'd be anything there'd be any more cognizant than the sea sponge. <laughs> oh my! Thethel, Thethel, by the Thethel. Sophisticated biological scientist Leon Phelps. <laughs> Had we subjected them to more rigorous scientific scrutiny, we might have detected the infrasonic waves they used to communicate with each other over hundreds of miles, or the range of pheromones they used to control their fungal meat puppets. Uh, as those barbed hair and those barbed hairs they shoot to protect themselves, after the initial attack, they weren't so reluctant to use them anymore. Ever since June 2017, the plants fire anyone who comes within sight of them. You know, I used to play uh, bass for fungal meat puppets. Oh, rad! Yeah, um, just, they... just for a short, just for a short stint, though. Oh, that's that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I also short, used to play bass for short stints. <laughs> <laughs> the world's population stands at about <laughs> four billion now. Seven years later. The plants outnumber us, appearing on the face of every continent. There's no one left in South America or Australia. 
but I do try to hold out some hope. A month ago, we had a major breakthrough. The plants will die when exposed to high amounts of selenium, which seems to act the same way for them as arsenic does for us. 50 grams of selenium is enough to kill a single plant colony. The only hard part now will... The only hard part now will producing so much celium and distributing it across the entire planet. I think that's uh, improper grammar, right? Okay. A little bit. Uh, but while we try desperately to think of solutions, the plants remain. We know they can wait. They are more than patient enough to observe us. You know what I want? I can't do an impression of him. Um, but in my mind, Carl Sagan is reading this last paragraph. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Guys, I'm going to fail. But uh, should I give an an attempt? Go for it. But while we try to desperately think of solutions, the plants remain. We know they can wait. For billions and billions of years. It wasn't bad. (laughs) They were more than patient enough to observe us, even as we observed them, waiting for us to spread them across the surface of our own planet. And while we harvested their waste, they plotted and schemed with each other, deciding amongst themselves the best time to strike. They weaponized their own reproductive system, giggity, to turn a not-so-insignificant percentage of the human race into bald zombies, just to spread themselves further. And ever since they started employing animals, both human and otherwise, as zombified pollinators, they've been given the genetic variation that only sexual reproduction can reproduce. With eight base pairs to mutate and change, they evolve quickly. I've heard rumors of some that are over 15 feet tall, but you always have to take these things with a grain of salt. But the fact is, they are changing, and there's no knowing what they will become in the coming years. But we have to get them before they get us. Mm. Oh, wow. We need to get them before the next uh, Juneletti. Never, never. Jaluti. Juneli. Jaluti. Together for the next Jaluti. What's the name? It's Jaluti, Tootie, Twenty, Sooty. Remember, remember, the fifth of Jaluti. <laughs> remember, remember, the foodie of Jaluti. <laughs> the f- the food of booty. Does anybody remember the, the name of the main robot? The, the main mech in yeah. Zone of Enders? Hell Jaluti. yes, I do. I, I'm a Metal Gear oh, Solid man. fan, which means that I'm um, also a fan of Zone of the Enders. Yeah. All considering uh, he, the mech is also named after the Egyptian god. I love how many people bought rare. Zone of the Enders just so they could play 20 minutes of Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> it just immediately oh, yeah, returned yeah, that's, it. That's that's apparently why that really? game was oh. like a bestseller. <laughs> is people buying the game for $50 that's immediately so returning it without the demo disc <laughs> and just trading it in? Oh my god. <laughs> I've learned something today. 
Uh, all right. So, um, yeah. What do we think of uh, what do we think of the long game as a story? Let's give it. Let's give it a. Let's 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 put our lenses. I like it. I right. like it as a story, but I on. actually think it would work better. Um, uh, the, the way I described it, if if th- this would be like an amazing, like if if you got like uh, fucking an eight millimeter camera and like we're able to figure out a way to do this like with like practical special effects as like a as like a field documentary, I think Oy. it would be it would be like really fucking good. But this story itself is already pretty fucking great. I like, I like it. A lot. I like it because no more Australians. <laughs> oh. Hello, Bruce. G'day, Bruce. <laughs> no puff does. If you're if you're an, if you're an Australian, it's not your fault so, that um, you were born in Australia and raised to be a criminal. And all and also, uh, oh, everything geez. where you live is a nightmare. <laughs> Flora and Fauna. <laughs> Flora, Fauna, and they got, they got drop bears there. Fairies from Sleeping Beauty. Um, and dude, and dude, they got drop bears. They got and drop the, bears, the Yara, and the drop the bears are infected with this plant. That's what happened. Dude, you just have like a kangaroo and it gets infected in by this shit and it becomes like super hyper zombie kangaroo. It could just like it could it could jump across the fucking boing, ocean. Boing, boing. Just, <laughs> just you're living in America and just like goddamn kangaroos come falling out of the sky, zombie kangaroos. And, and the, oh, the, 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 kangar- the zombie right kangaroos are doing the superhero pose. Ha! This is such a this is such a Golgari story. I love it. It's a magic. That's for all you Magic the Gathering people in there. I'd love the fungus mold zombie concept. Um, it, it, it you know I kind of like that. I kind of like that it is just presented as sort of almost like a scientist or like a, just a documentation of something terrible that happened. Um, like I'm, I'm cool with a story like that every so often. They're not necessarily my favorite kind of stories, but the what if scenario kind of stories. But I, I like this. I, um, I think there's some places where it can be touched up, maybe grammatically. But honestly, I think it's pretty solid in how it stands. And basically, I mean, we're dealing with alien weeds, and they're there, there's good there's good motivation for them to spread. And uh, as it's good, for, it's it, yep. They're all, they're well, all I mean, like the, the human other, reason the why they wanted them to spread, it. which is, is good for industry. In, in, oh. <laughs> it's good for the industry. Yeah, Jaludi, Jaludi. The Jaludi booty industry. The Jaludi booty, tutti frutti. I will. Rate this a. I will rate this um, a several billion plans out of. Thank you for reducing the global. I will population. rate this. 
I will rate this a... Uh, much more meanwhile, out of Ness and his men, Speed Torch Capone's hideout. <laughs> I will rate this Jaludi out of... Um, out of out of criminal superhero zombie kangaroos. <laughs> Everybody's got who, who bothered to put the boxing gloves on the zombie kangaroos? <laughs> Fred, you asshole! <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, the, the the kangaroos were in prison, and we put boxing gloves on them because the kangaroos were criminals, and so we were making them fight to the death. <laughs> When the spores came out and turned them into hyper oh super zombie kangaroos. So I have a I have a uh, I have an interesting point. <laughs> um, I googled selenium because I recognize okay. it from work. I, I do plant science for a living. Um, <laughs> probably should right. Yeah, why didn't you bring it in your expertise in here? Okay. Um, well, fucking listen to me now. Selenium occurs naturally in soil. So, I don't know. That feels like kind of a flaw of the story. How how much uh, selenium is in yeah, soil? Well, is it more than fifty grams? Uh, more I than guess, enough I to kill any. A, I guess you have a point there, but still, I feel like. Well, if it occurs naturally in soil, is that why they produce? Is that do you think that's why the plants produce the? Um... HCA, so it can like kill potentially kill leach the soil and kill the Could be. in it. Hmm. Well, even so, if there's so many plants there around the world, um, like you're gonna need a quite a few unspoiled soil soil samples to get hmm. that selenium. How much uh how much Selena Gomez would it take Anyhow, to take care of these plants? Uh, <laughs> how much uh how much uh how many plugs do you think it would take to get people to come to uh, Midsummer Scream and see I'm gonna take, take a lot of plugs cuz kind of kind of um how many plugs how many plugs can you give to Dead Palette before he'll give you <laughs> uh so I, I should probably plug this since it's relevant to The Last of Us. Chelsea and I will soon be streaming The Last of Us. I don't know when, don't know how. I do know how. We're going to be doing it on Twitch. Um, so, I don't know, dog. When are you going to stream it? Uh, speaking of which, okay. uh, I right. have um, starting next weekend... Um, I, every other weekend, am uh, hopefully going to be streaming uh, LSD Dream Emulator with a different guest every weekend. Other weekend. So, uh, I'm going to be exposing this game oh, to fine. people who have not heard of it. <laughs> and... To see if they have nightmares about the Green the Man. Green Man. Eventually or they, not the Green, green Man. man. Green. See if they have nightmares about the... Well, the Green Man is the one that showed up in that other story with the JPEG face of that dude's yes. friend on it. My, uh, my plan is every session man. to try and get through two weeks um, in in game time um, until we reach 365 days, which is apparently when the game is done. 
which will take a very fucking long time. There you go. Um, and I want to just real quickly plug that since this episode is going up on a Friday, the following day, Saturday, um, this Saturday, um, Kayla and I will probably be going out to see the premiere of a documentary that we got interviewed for called Foolish Mortals. It is a documentary about the fandom surrounding the Haunted Mansion. And uh, we got interviewed for that. And uh, Midnight Marinera got a little bit of a shout-out thanks to the fact that we did the story and song from the Haunted Mansion back in 2014. So, um... If you guys are, if you happen to be in Anaheim, California, near Disneyland, you can, maybe you're there for D23, uh, feel free to say hello to us. And if you're not there, uh, check out the documentary. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I have uh, high hopes that it'll be uh, at least interesting just to kind of understand what it is about this weird old theme park ride that got, that's gotten everybody so interested since the uh, 1960s. Anyway, um, that's all I got to say about that. Who wants to bring us home? Uh, penis? Um, how, how about this? How Perfect. about this? It's not about friendship, guys. Okay. I, I, got, I got nothing. Huh. I can't think of anything else. The, the statement uh, upon itself is pretty great. Uh. Message from Ray God Readers. Okay, try it now. Is it working yeah, now? Okay, working. move over. <clears throat> People of Earth, I am Abysme. And I'm Paprika. We have crash-landed on a moon in your solar you crashed system. Us. I wasn't Shut driving. up, I'm on the phone. And we'll maintain this frequency while repairs are made. Which could take a while, so we decided to read some science fiction while we wait. If you crave imaginative stories, intelligent discussion, and comedic banter, be sure to tune in each week. Here on Benview or on YouTube at Raygun Readers. Until we speak again, farewell and safe Why travels. Why are you doing that stupid voice? It's not stupid, you're stupid and insubordinate. You don't rank me! This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.